0: John Dewey Ward, number two at Carlton University, and you're listening
1: to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. My name is Zachary Bader I joined as always by Dakota Vaughn, and today we have a special guest joining us all the way from Orlando, Florida. We have Mr. John Edward of the Carlton Ravens. John, how you doing, man?
0: I'm real good, man, you know, I'm excited for this upcoming season, whatever it is, and I'm working real hard. I'm just happy to be back, with, you know, even yeah. having the opportunity to come back.
1: I mean, we're, we're all excited for the season, but I mean, I you know, we'll see knocking on wood that something happens that we actually get ball coming up. Um, so before we jump into the football, uh, you know, I, I know Dakota wants to talk about a lot of this, and it's it's too fascinating not to with everything going on in the world and you being currently situated in Orlando, Florida – one of the just major epicenters of you know the corona in terms of just numbers what's it been like living down there just in terms of you know just what's what's happening there i mean we see it here in toronto and all the different things that have been you know the the way life has sort of changed the new normal as people say but what what is that like in in orlando what's that been like
0: uh it's a bit different here I'd say. Uh it doesn't really feel like there's a virus out right now. It's a pandemic, everything's pretty much open back up. I mean, uh I mean I I'm a Floridian, I'm gonna be real when I say this. Like things done the Florida way is different. I mean me personally, I'm taking precautions if I'm in public setting, I'm wearing a mask, you know, I'm not hanging out with anyone but my same two friends. I'm training with them too i'm I'm taking i'm i'm- I'm treating it like you guys are, <laughs> but uh over here it's a bit different. I'll tell you
2: that <laughs> I mean it's kind of just goes on the meme of just Florida in general of just a lawless swampland and I know that's not the case, but I mean like if I feel like if I grew up anywhere near crocodiles or gators, I don't know which one is down there, I'd probably just be like, I'm just gonna be outside because I might die soon like they I might just get eaten by a dinosaur, but I know that's how Americans think we have polar bears up here. I'm sure you guys don't actually. Yeah,
0: they think it's all igloos up there, man.
1: <laughs> well, let's get into a little bit about, obviously, you being from Orlando, your journey getting to uh, Carleton University, what sort of brought you there, what the appeal was, and what Sorry, the... Why? Sorry, just... I hate to interrupt Zach here, yeah. but just like...
2: And, and I, I love OUA football, I love Canadian football, and I think it, it's... You know, it's it's top notch and just needs a little bit better production value, but like, why? Why would you? Why would you come up here? <laughs> and I say that with the most love for Canadian sports. I say that with the most love, but just like, really, what brought you from way the hell down south all the way up to Ottawa?
0: Everyone always asks, and um, truthfully, it was uh, in the at the time being, I really was just looking for something more than football, like you know, because I was transferring coming from Henderson State. And I really was looking for a program that was thinking, like, I didn't care where it was or what, you know. I, I just was like, who who wants to talk about, like, after football life? Like, in Coach Samara, he's all about, like, just making people a good citizen. But really, I'd say, I like, I'm so glad I made this decision because, you know, I like being a part of something new. I like being a part of an uprising, and it's really an an honor, man. I can't even lie. It's really an honor to be a part of this. I think the OUA is going to blow up soon, especially with them making, like, the first move to go international with the CFL bargaining agreement. I feel like, you know, I I feel like it was a great decision. But at the time, I was told it was a stupid decision. Like, I I had offers from a lot of big D1 universities, like FIU, FAU, USF, UCF, you know, a lot of preferred walk-ons from even UF, UFSU. UF, if I wanted to, you know, anywhere in Florida, I could win and play <laughs> Miami. Yeah, it's expensive school. I, it's my <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> it's too expensive. I'm looking like, nah, the other way. Um,
1: well, I'm. I'm sure we'll talk plenty of OUA football, but you you mentioned the new Canadian or collective bargaining agreement in the CFL, which of course, for yourself as an American playing football in Canada is is so important. um that passed in january what what kind of conversations have you had with people if any what sort of thoughts have you been having um, since that since that happened
0: uh, at the time, truthfully, when it came out i didn 't know i didn 't find out about this until about March, but i' like i've been through a lot of adversity you know we'll get into what happened you know in a while but um, i'd say you know, I would say it really, like it really makes a lot of sense in a way. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I met the CFL commissioner, and he really talked to talked to me. You know, in, in uh. It was like April or May, April of 2018. I got a chance to meet this guy, you know, and he uh, he talked about like he spoke during our banquet, our team banquet. And he was like, I really want the OUA and CFL to go global and take steps moving forward. And it, it just makes sense that if we want to grow, that we have to spread all around the world. You know, I feel like there's already a pipeline for the NCAA for Canadians, but there's no pipeline for Americans to Canada. And this was, I feel like, the first move.
1: And for sorry, just real quick, just for people who might not know what the new this new agreement does, it's that for any American or just you know international players playing in Canada, if they've is it's three years that if you've played, then you can qualify as a national and then be drafted in the Canadian in the CFL draft, right? That was that's the pretty much extent of it, right? Yeah, perfect. Sorry, Dakota, go ahead. No,
2: my only my only question is, and just because you know, I grew up a huge CFL fan. It's kind of the reason I got into uh, football. They have, um, I'm sure you know, NFL has it too. Some very I'll call ex- eccentric fans um, who are just very passionate. We will call it passionate. Have you ever heard had any like backlash or heard any backlash kind of saying that this rule you know takes away from Canadians making it into the league and yada 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 some nonsense like that.
0: I mean, I've only like I've only heard the jokes from. Uh... I'd say other players on on other teams because I'm, you know, I'm real, like I'm friends with a lot of the guys in all of CIS football, like from out West, out East, OUA, Quebec, you know, and talking about They're like, oh, man, the Americans are going to fly. They're going to stay. I'm like, nah, it's not like that, man. Everyone's scared of code anyway you know like, <laughs> I don't feel like this is taken from anyone but I've only heard the jokes and, and laid off my side of it like think about it bro this is really saving my life like I took a, a gamble on you guys and I feel like you guys are taking a gamble on me so I feel like if, if it's done the right way and the only way to, it could be done is the right way because academics is taken very seriously at Canadian universities. like all the Americans that have come past tense before me, I feel like, have came, said, oh, I'm used to to go to CFL. They go, and ride right the season, they drop their classes. You know, this is a repetitive thing, man. I even bring them up, and they're like, nah, bro, I think I'm going to just try to go to the league and drop my classes. And I'm always just like, ugh.
1: Uh, a familiar story for a lot of people who've been in those locker rooms, for sure. Yeah, and I mean... Even if we'll,
2: we'll say, even if, oh my God, you're coming here and taking a job from a, a Canadian player, which I think is just the dumbest argument I've ever heard. Um, one, we, we just got to get better then. And two, also, I mean, it, it's encouraging people to come here and get educated and, you know, spend their time in Canada, see how great Canada is. It's not just about, he wants to play football and he's going to take our spot. Um, but I was, yeah, I was just wondering if you'd heard anything, because I know I've seen Twitter is a, a vicious place. So I've definitely seen some things about the rule before.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard the, the arguments, but I feel like we all know the truth that this isn't hurting. Because it's not just Americans, it's globals, anyone that, that uh, wants the opportunity to, like, choose Sports over the NCAA. Because, quote-unquote, obviously, it's better to choose NCAA. But I want to be the first one to say it out loud that, no, it's not. Like, they, those coaches over there don't care for you. You're really just a number. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I bet someone would argue that it's the same in eSports but it's not man it's not like coach really cares about me <laughs> cares about my well-being like you know like it's
2: nothing better <laughs> well it's well, great to hear that the coach actually cares go
1: ahead you mentioned getting to speak with uh, the CFL commissioner Randy Ambrosi and I went to this is now I guess about three years ago me and my dad went to they did this Argos Town Hall where it was just kind of state of the franchise for you know all the diehards a lot of the people that you know share those sentiments that Dakota was mentioning and this was sort of at uh, Randy's peak of talking about globalizing Canadian football and a big piece he talked about to sort of combat that view because there was a lot of there was a Q&A section and there was a lot of people You know these random, you know, Joe Schmoes saying, "Well, what about Canadians?" And a big part of his ambition with this is to make it more accessible. Yes, for international players to come play in Canada, but as well for Canadian players to play internationally. Because we always think about this in terms of a two-country sport. In terms of you have the states, and then you have you know a big gap. But then you have Canada, and that's 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 it. But there's leagues growing in in Germany, all throughout Europe, all through. I think. Uh, Australia has a league too now and just creating those opportunities for you know guys who maybe didn't have the most prolific career playing U sports or cis but so see C- maybe cfl's not even an option but hey because of these n- you know new agreements and these new relationships with international football leagues and all that you create new opportunities for you know the guys who didn't even make make it in canada um, to be able to go other places too so to that same point of view i think once again you're, you're creating more opportunity for people and you know as much as as a canadian you, you probably want to stay in canada maybe and as an american maybe you want to stay in america it just it creates these opportunities for people to be able to you know reach their highest potential as an athlete because if if you know if you cap out in the in the country you're playing in because of the talent that's around you if there's other opportunities to pursue you know if i knew if i knew about some league in germany i could have played in when i finished my career you know i probably would have taken a flyer on that but you know that that wasn't clearly as big big a thing, so I think that's a an important piece of it piece of it too. Um, but you know we kind of touched on it a little bit, sort of the the issues you had th- this past year, and you know you, you had the terrific 2018 season for Carlton, the second team OUA All Star if I'm if I'm remembering that correct, a couple of interceptions on the year, a whole mess of tackles, just a, a phenomenal Carlton defense as always, and then 2019 rolls around. And a bit of a strange start to the year. Aruda's gone, but then you have Tanner stepping in. I'd love to get your thoughts on Tanner Dejong and what he did this year, and you know the kind of the guy he is, uh, leading that Carlton team. But then, first four weeks of the season, uh, after the first four weeks of the season, we no longer see number two in the in the depth chart for, for Carlton. Can you talk a little bit about what happened um, th- this past year with you?
0: Oh uh, well, pretty much exactly. Like, not exactly what happened, but uh, more of the story of what happened. You know, it was was a heartbreaking experience. But when I first came in to, you know, Canada, I really didn't know about, I didn't know I was an international student, first of all, because, like, you know, uh, I don't know. Got to explain it, but I'm thinking. I mean,
2: sometimes you just don't see it as two different countries. Like, it's kind of like, oh, they're two different countries, but they're in the same thing.
0: Yeah. You know, so I didn't know I was an international student. I didn't know anything about a permit or a visa or anything like that. But when I came through, I ended up uh, like getting my, like, I initially had troubles with my permit and I didn't get a permit, but my, they ended up giving me the wrong date for my permit. I was supposed to have a, you know, three or four year visa, but I wasn't issued that for some reason. And um, pretty much going into my final year, I was getting a new uh, passport because I lost my passport. And, you know, um, I have a girlfriend, so I haven't left the country for a while. You know, I had a job, summer job. It's hard to pay for school in Canada, so I'm, I'm doing everything I can, you know. Um, so I didn't go home for, like, two years, and I end up uh, losing my passport. And I was like, oh, I know I need to get a new one of those. So I get a new one. I, I know how this the process, and really, truthfully, I, I knew with my, like, when I came in, like, like i didn't know about it and they're like all right you have to like go to your school and like come back and get it you know that's initially what made my process like sketchy so um i ended up like the season like you know it's a long situation but pretty much more of the story is um i had some troubles getting my permit and i made sure nothing what happened to me didn't happen to anyone else ever again and um i ended up like then uh like, when I went to back to the border to get a new visa, uh, it was, like, after the second or after the third game of the season, um, I ended up, like, like they're, like, your visa's expired and things, like, a uh, big situation, like, you know, and um, they're, like, oh, you're an athlete and all this, that, and the third. It was, like, this could be fixed, but a lot of court situations, and I was, like, I, I don't have money for court. None of that, man. So, yeah. And they're like, you should try to go to the XFL after this. And XFL offers me, and I decline. And, you know, I guess start get D1 offers because I still have a year of eligibility, and I decline. Because like, I know, like, the whole time I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, I was supposed to graduate this year. <laughs> and then, like, they, they robbed, like, you know, I was robbed from that, from the border because of early mistakes. But I really made no mistakes, you know, and I really led a culture like I really led the wave of like Americans coming to come play in LUA you know so I, I never wanted you know you gave it pretty much what I'm saying so pretty much that was yesterday mm-hmm. after our third game of the season you know that was after third game of the season like September 17th I haven't seen my girlfriend since then either but um because you know the pandemic and all that but um so pretty much yeah I was off and coach was, we were trying to do everything we could to get him back in but we just wanted to make sure we took care of the academics and we knew the whole time that I was coming back to you know, graduate because that was the whole goal at the end of the day. And Coach had my back the whole time, so it's just a and, great, you know, humbling situation.
1: And so at, at this moment, and of course with the pandemic, that's just a whole other wrench thrown into the equation, but what is your status in terms of uh, just talking about the from an academic standpoint and being able to to graduate?
0: Uh, it feels amazing, man. This is my this is big time for me. Like I know it's it's big time being able to come back and play for the U A. But it's really big time for me. And my family being the second male, you know, with a bachelor's degree, and it's gonna be the first of two. Like right after that, I'll go get another one. You know, like as I'm one year away from sports management. So I have like seventy seven credits, or or probably more because I took Carlton courses. Um, yeah. And just sports management, I have that many credits. So it's a big deal for me being able to graduate. And it's an honor being able to know the Carlton community and the Carlton alumni. And there's so many, like, networking, like, situations where I could get a job easily and become a part of something. Like, it's great to be a part of, like, a Carlton Raven graduate.
1: But you mentioned about sort of leading the way for Americans coming into into Canada, being able to and we were talking earlier, kind of talk, uh, mentioning that, uh, you know, the misperception or, or the the perception that people have about, you know, don't go up to Canada and don't you know, it's it's not worth your time or, or whatever. You you're better off being a third string on a D2 school, what whatever those stigmas are. Um, what, so who have you been talking to? Are there young players that, that you're, you know, in contact with? Or, or just what, when you say you've been trying to, like, push that forward, what kind of stuff have you been doing for that?
0: Uh, well, pretty much, like, you know, I have social media, so, like, I talk about it a lot, and a lot of people ask questions. And I always, like, promote it right then and there and tell them it's a great experience. And they're like, like prior to the rule, you know, it would be a little bit harder to, to, to pitch it. You know, and it would be, I'd be pitching academics a lot, and a lot of the guys would be like, yo, like, <laughs> 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 I right, uh." So it, it took a while, but I'm just so thankful that it passed us because now when I pitch it, like, kids are actually listening to me. I've talked to probably about, I, like, I've been to Orlando like a month and a half. I'd say I talked to over 100 people, like, 100, like, kids about this. Like, awesome. and not all of them, like, probably about 20 or like 10 took me serious. You know, like I'm telling you, there's, there's not like, I'm not saying kids don't believe in this dream, but this is a different route. This is for the right type of person. I haven't seen anyone trying to just be all football. You can think about this because I tell them like, oh, I'm up there and I'm gonna take the same classes you did, right? And I'm telling them the same thing. The kids told me like, bro, you can't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, bro, but like you're on your own. You got three assignments you got a midterm or final you fail one you're like done man (laughs) i don't got you there you know but i do think it's a great idea you know it's benefiting me possibly so you know
2: now just to to touch on that a little bit um do you think that you're having a little bit of a maybe a harder time pitching these kids just because you're down there and in Florida, like what is what is the thought of Canada? Just because I feel like it's it's it is very far. Ottawa to, to Orlando, I feel like is a very very two day three day road trip. Like what is, what are the thoughts when you when you're talking about Canada? It's like do they know a lot or is it kind of this mystical Iceland that they don't know much about?
0: For sure, bro. Mystical Iceland. <laughs> you <laughs> hit it right on the money. Mystical say What they got igloos up there, right? That's what we all say. I'm like, nah, no igloos, bro. Dorm rooms no houses <laughs> regular streets roads you know neighborhoods none none too different man like you know different lingo different people but same thing it's like but they have no clue I think it's more harder because I haven't done it yet you know I think like because I haven't like done this yet that it's harder like as soon as it's done and people seem like oh my god you're this kid from nothing first generation. You know, graduate and like, oh my God, now you're making, I mean, it's not big money, but who knows? Maybe you are up on a three year, two year contract, 85, k 75, somewhere around there. You know, so don't sound too bad for me. And I guarantee you,
2: yeah, it's not nothing.
0: Yeah, I tell kids around that, like, I tell kids that around here, or around where I'm from, and they're going to be like, oh my God, wow, really? I'm like, yeah, in six months, too, you can be a personal trainer on the side, you know, like, for the other six months and stay in shape. That's my plan, you know, so. I don't know. I think it'd be a lot easier as soon as I get to the numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you mentioned some of those differences and whether it's, you know, just the, the slang or just the perception of we have igloos <laughs> and you have crocodile dragons, whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the stereotypes are. Um, but in terms of the actual football, I mean, and you picked... Uh, an absolute brilliant school to go to not just because of the wealth of talent of the athletes that you've had there I, I wrote down a little cheat sheet of some of the guys you know because obviously the draft is, is a big deal for you coming up you know guys like Jack Cass or Jesse Lawson Mitch Raper Phil Loki Casey Baker Kenyon you know just so many just ballers in the last few years that you've got to share the field with or that you've got to share uh, the the locker room that they played in but as well being a, a, a member of the Carlton Ravens you get to uh, partake in one of the biggest celebrations of Canadian football, there is, and one of the greatest, just celebrations of amateur sport in Canada there is, being the Panda Game, and I have to imagine on, on some level that that game, and and Dakota and I talk about this a lot with different players because it's such a it's such a great platform to put the sport on because the talent is there. We just went you know the, the, we just went over some of those names. There's plenty of other guys in this league that are just such a a pleasure to watch, but. When you actually put them on a good stage, on a proper platform like the Panda Game, you actually get to see them at their at, at their best. So, what what was that like being part of Panda? What how do, how impactful do you think that is as being able to say like, "Hey, look, like there's this major event that goes down." It's not, you know, I think there's people think that the, the athletes aren't good and that whatever else they think, but you see Panda, and that like the proof's in the pudding. Panda is it.
0: Oh yeah, so. Pretty much, um, that's like one of the first things I show. It's <laughs> like one of the first things I show the pitch Like, hey, man, like, look at this game. They're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, like, truthfully for me, the Panda game is a dream come true. The week, the rivalry, like, all the people, all the fans. My dream has always been to play in front of 20,000 people on TV, you know, regardless of where it is, you know. So, like, it's a dream come true for me. Like, I got my first interception. I ran straight to the fans. <laughs> 'Cause I was just like so amazed. But it's it's easy pitch for the younger guys and you know, that week I tell my friends and family I want you there on that week, like, you know. so I think I feel like it's a really big deal. It's the best it's the biggest rivalry for sure in Canada. Other than possibly Montreal of all, but then again it's in Quebec and, and they play twelve or three times a year, so I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those guys are friends. I don't have any GG friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that just out of you don't get to interact with them, or is that just a, a hard rule? Like you do not get GG friends.
0: <laughs> all due respect to G I don't really know too many of the guys, but they're always <laughs> like very friendly and like you know, I was like, oh, you're really sick, bro, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But I never really interact. I'm always like, oh, man, that one play was a fluke or da 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 I'm always you know not like kind joking. I was, they're good, honestly good guys. It's hard to it's hard to trash talk in Canada. People always ask me, you know, they're like, are you up there talking how you used to talk? And I'm like, no way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
2: oh, that's, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, speaking of, um, I don't know if you listened you know, to our off-season walkthrough tour, but Carlton was unanimous across the board as the biggest, especially just the defense, as the biggest trash talkers in all of OUA. Um, is there, is, I, we've asked him, is there validity to that, though?
0: i I mean I, if you if everyone on that team they know I'm probably the most passionate player they've ever played with type deal, but I'm always the one calming them down like Yo, you know they get they get a little rowdy, you know, but i'm i i'm I really talk during the game, I really like like locking someone up and then be like, I will do it every play like they're always like, you're sick, bro, that's why I'm like it's hard to trash talk. <laughs>
2: It's, I feel like everyone's just like the the Andrew Luck is like, oh, that's a great hit, man. You, you're really good. And You're like, I don't how much. I, I want to say that you're shit, but now we're kind of friends. Like,
0: yeah, every now and then there's a guy that you know, yeah, that gets you amped up. But um, yeah, it's always I'd say Truth is the only guy that trash talked me last year. I mean, I only played three games. Two guys, the one guy that I always played me trash talks is Baccaro uh, or something. Twenty nine from Western. Oh, like. <laughs> 29 from Western, the fullback, the fullback. I
2: have to, I have to look him up. I've been out of Western long, <laughs> long enough that I can't say I know more than four players.
0: The so the fullback he talked last night in Beeksma on Guelph.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> but isn't 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 Beeksma on? He's uh, yeah, how do you interact him? with him
1: on specials or something?
0: Uh. I think he just like scored a touchdown on us. I was so surprised because I know his brother. You know, I'm like, oh, this guy's actually good out here. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was week two, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Talk a little trash, and he tried talk trash talks back. I'm like, oh man, that was. Uh, I think he was on like extra point as well. So
1: Well, you know, talking about some of the trash talkers on your team, when we discussed it with. With your teammates, one of the the defensive player represent uh, uh, representing the defense was Alameen Shapolu, and he was very much you know in favor of the notion that that Carlton is the trash talking uh, king of the OUA. But looking at a guy like Alameen as a player, um, because obviously with your absence, that gave a lot of opportunities for young guys like him and another guy like Danny McWhorter who had to step up this year big, and you know both of them had incredible. Um, in, in, incredible performances with the the absence uh, with your absence. Um, w- what type of what type of impact do you feel you were able to have on, on some of the younger players on the team? And just what? How did you feel getting to watch some of those guys step up throughout the year and perform um, in spots that maybe they didn't expect to be in? Because obviously, I don't think anyone expected this to happen to you right but then it did and it's like football there's there's quick change and you have to adjust on the fly and 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 I just highlighting two of those guys in particular Alameen and and Danny McWhorter just as guys who had great seasons but probably weren't expecting all all that action
0: yeah I mean truthfully it was like it was really an honor like it was it was a dark time in my life because you know I just got kicked out for like something like that really could have been avoided and, you know, and everything. So it was tough, tough time, but really it was an honor to get to watch my young guys, uh, you know, be like you step up and especially like Danny, Al, said Levine. It was just, it was Cole had burned, Like it was really just an exciting time for me to get to watch those guys make big plays. But um I'd say more, more than anything, I really appreciate the team because, you know, they contacted me for like, we were in good communication. I won't say the best because, like I said, I was a bit depressed. But we were in good communication. Guys would ask me like, "Yo, like, because everyone knows I'm a film junkie. Like, I really like i I watch every like if I'm scouting an opponent, I watch every game. I have everything: my first down, second down, like you know, like everything. i uh, his releases, his speed, his techniques, all that. So a lot of the guys they'll contact me like, "Yo, could you keep doing that?" <laughs> 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 you keep giving us that scout sheet? Can you uh, can you tell me what you think about this guy? What do you think about this rep in practice? So I was in good contact with the guys. And they did a lot of things during the game because I'm like the chant guy, the hype man. So they're like, oh, this for Doe and, you know, this for John Doe and stuff. So it was really an honor, a privilege to, to – that was the first time I really felt like really, really, really proud to be a Carlton Raider because it was, like I said, a dark time in my life, and they were uplifting me and playing for me, as they were saying. So, you know, it's a privilege
1: and when you talk about being being a film junkie you know we can compare the the culture of football in canada in in the states in a number of ways but i think one of them is just obviously how Early, you get exposed to the game on a much more sophisticated level whereas perhaps here in Canada you know maybe unless you go to uh, like a rep school and they're few and far between as opposed to in the States or if you just go to a very elite high school program you really aren't getting exposed to things like watching film and, and really learning how to break down and that aspect of the game until you get to college was that something that you feel you were exposed to earlier and that perhaps gave you that or instilled that sense Uh, of how to not just dominate on the field and, you know, be a beast in the weight room, but also be in the, you know, on the chalkboard on film, figuring out the X's and O's of the game.
0: Oh yeah. I'd say for sure. 1000% sure. Uh, I've been playing, I don't know if it was like, you know, I was, I, I, you know, I've been in Canada. I did the, uh, junior Ravens stuff and all that. And I was around like the pop, uh, not really the pop owner community, but you know, I've seen differences in it and like, how much serious we we take it because <laughs> uh, I've been watching film ever since I was like 10 years old. Wow. I've been like like I've I've been playing the same position too since I was 10 years old. So I really know how to break things down and the game for me is always advanced like every year, every You know varsity you know jv like college for my like my all my different years in college it got better meeting more different guys so i'd say it gave me a big advantage knowing how serious to take it and having that bench of doing it since i was a kid um and but really i instilled that in a lot of my teammates and anyone that really asked me how is it done like you have to study like you have to take it serious like you know and if you do it will definitely benefit you. Film is the reason I've had every single one of my interceptions because I knew how I was going to do it if it was done before it was done. You know what I'm saying?
1: Hundred percent. I mean, and Dakota, you obviously gained your experience at football North, coaching there. You know, one of the few schools that is actually you know doing that type of work at a younger age.
2: Yeah, I mean, and for, for me, I don't think I was exposed to film until I was eighteen. Like, I don't think I got until my last year of high school. I started football when I was 13, so that's already late, I think. I mean, kids – definitely in America, kids are starting, like, from birth. Man, they're,
0: they're, that's where you start them. You make your sport decision at five. <laughs> Jeez.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did the classic Canadian thing, and I went with hockey. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, I mean, film is so important, but it's, it's so hard to get that, you know, it's still into kids because, I'll be honest, and, you know, John, you can – disagree with me if you want it's so boring like it's it's so it's interesting and, it, and it's great and you learn so much from it but you really have to be motivated to sit there and just you know I I had Greg Marshall at Western um, who we would watch one like one play would take us 15 minutes probably because he'd go he'd, he he would rewind fast forward and comment on everything because I'm on the offensive side of the ball so you know lots of motions and stuff he'd comment on everything and before the ball is even snapped. You'd be like, oh, you're you're a yard and a half before the line of scrimmage. We need to go back and watch that again. Oh, you're going to be offside. We need to go back and watch that again. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's guys on every single team that fall asleep in in the film room, and that's kind of where, you know, people are like, oh, weight room is where you separate, you know, good football players. I think film is almost, if not even more important than that. I mean, I'm not saying everyone can, you know, go and bench 225, but definitely not everyone can go and watch eight hours of film in one day and not want to claw their eyes out.
0: Yeah, I feel like you really got to, like, you know, not saying you don't love it because you can't do it, but, like, I feel like you really got to love it. Like, I really, especially, like, when it's that time of year, like, when I have nothing to do but, like, just live, eat, breathe, and sleep, like, sleep football. Like, those are the best times to me. Like, bro, we got nothing to do. Like, I'm always the guy that used to bring all the DBs together when we are in the dorm rooms during training camp. Like, yo, let's watch film. You know, like, like I, I'm the 15-minute one-play guy. Yeah. And, <laughs> like I'm always explaining like you see that like some of the guys like the young guys are like they hate me at first because they're like like this guy's doing too much like but really that's what it takes you really have to break down like someone shimmy how they usually come off the line like I really 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 studied like like I'd say my in 2018 that first year I really 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 studied every single pony I played and I really knew how I was going to play him from uh, from Curly to Harry McMaster to 85 on the other side to you know I didn't get to play Schaefer. Baker until Guelph like second game last year, but I studied him and I, I wanted him. I wanted I want everyone that that think they some out there. I want him and I'm ready for you. And I really already know how you're gonna do it. And I'm the, the only person I'd say honestly that's giving me uh, uh, made me work is currently so far. <laughs> Anyone couldn't like you know it's football. Any a good ball and a good catch is all it takes to lose you. But I really hate losing, and I really like you know. Other than that. I, I really, no one, no one I've played at receiver so far is threatened, me, you know what I'm saying? But I, I've studied everyone as if they were curly or better, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really, film is, the key film is how, you know, I wasn't always the big guy. So I always, you know, film was my way of putting myself in the right position to make the big hit, even though I'm not big, because, you know, that was my
2: cheat code always. I mean, you're talking to two edge, extremely right? undersized people. Like, Zach and I are
1: both very <laughs> undersized. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a lineman some 70 80 pounds ago if you can even believe that. So I, I I know about being undersized. Um but you mentioned some of the guys that you got to line up against and who you got to study and of course those guys are some of the best receivers to to line up in the OUA in the past 3 5 years. But talking about guys not and you can talk about guys on your team that you played with, but just around the OUA on the defensive side of the ball and I've one guy in particular since you played in Ottawa that uh, that comes to mind in in jamie harry for the you know your rivals the gigis um did you did you ever get to meet jamie at all or was he someone that you you watched him because i mean he was one of my favorite players to watch and i, I I'm, a, I'm an offensive guy I, as little as i know about offense as is i don't even less about defense but you just watch him and you can just tell this guy is you know you, you talk about all those things being able to sort of read a play before it happens get the jump on guys he's someone where you just you know, it's it's a it's a worn out expression, but you know, he's playing you know, chess while everyone's playing some you know, checkers or whatever, tic tac toe. Uh did is he someone that you ever, you know, got to meet or, or watch play?
0: Uh the only time I got to see Jamie play other than other than on film, um in in during the panda game uh, like, that's really when I got to see him, and it was beautiful. I cannot lie. I wonder where the guy is today. Like, it was, he, you could tell he played receiver. You're like, he looks like he's not really like a footwork type of guy, in my opinion. You know, I watched him, you know, I paid attention to guys coming out of view, the Tropical Bowl. He's not really a man coverage type of guy, with the Combine. You no, know, but his ball skills are probably some of the best to ever come out of the OUA. In my mind. You know, the guy was attacking the ball full speed. Uh, the the Panda game, he he really broke my heart. I must say, him single handedly. It was no one else. He he did it. You know, like uh, I'd say, I'd say, I never got to meet the guy, but I could tell he's he. You know. He's pretty good at what he does and i'd say like i talked to actually I, I didn't get to talk to him but i talked to blessica me and blessica got pretty close and we used to say it was me him it was me blessica and jamie harry the best three corners in the ua hands down that's what we used to say so
1: yeah i mean may, you can maybe make a case for tyrell ford but i'd say that's pr- pretty much that's the a-
0: yeah. he T- Ford was definitely on the list the next year he was yeah. Yeah, he balled out. Like I was really impressed him. And n- no offense, the best DB I've ever seen, like in the past, best highlight tape I've ever seen come out in the past couple of years. I the it was Hallett the Hallett kid from McMaster.
1: He's oh, he's a monster. Oh my goodness. Oh, uh, he's breaking. The coach got him
0: twenty yards deep, and he's ready to go forward, left or right. <laughs> um, and he's gonna high point the ball or make the big hit. I've seen him in the East West Bowl. At Ottawa, and he made like a one-hand pick right in front of me. I was like, was "Dirty." Ever since, so I was like, "Yeah, he's the one."
2: Well, speaking of making the big hit, um, you know, and I think this is how we got kind of introduced. Uh, during our player poll, you were voted as the second biggest hitter in the OUA, uh, and I think uh, Ford was number one on that. What are your thoughts, sort of, on you know where you where you ended up in the ranking?
0: Uh. I'd say I I truthfully, everyone that knows me, they know how serious I take hitting. Like, I feel like I'm my best attribute, hands down, has to be man coverage. But I feel like my hitting, the way I'm ready to come downhill is probably my second and third, probably my ball skills. But I feel if you like, I don't know, I feel like I'm the hardest hitting, but I feel like people know I'm the hardest hitting. So they get out of my way the most, if that makes sense. <laughs>
1: And that ability to come downhill is a lot of that because of, as you mentioned, all that film studying, just having the confidence to know that when I break on this guy or I, you know, you, you make your break on a ball, that you have the confidence to know that you're not going to get tricked in some double move or anything like that when you've made your decision, you have the confidence to know it's, it's the right move? You say it again? I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I, I, I was just saying that when you talk about your ability to, to come downhill and make a big hit, does a lot of that come from, as you are mentioning, your your passion for film studying, just knowing that when when your brain, when you make that connection of what the play is, is that you're seeing, you just know, boom, I, I can just go make this play. I don't need to hesitate at all.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I feel um, I really put myself in a position to make the big hit more than anything. It's not really – I'm the biggest hitter, biggest hitting DP. Like I tell everyone, the main thing about Kansas, they they ready to hit. Like <laughs> no, like they're corn. Like you guys, I tell them like, how are y'all? They bigger, right? I'm like, oh, it's like Iowa boys, man. Like Iowa, Idaho boys. They're Nebraska fed type deal. Like yeah, there's some big boys up there. They're not everyone's really little, and everyone's ready to hit. Main thing. Um I'd say going back to it I I put myself in the position to Hit hard more than anything through film Study yes and I Go by like a motto that like my Oldest second oldest brother told me about Daniel he told me um, I have eight siblings by the way (laughs) But uh, my second oldest brother Daniel he told me uh, I was like 10 years old and he Was like you shouldn't be out here if if you Can't run full speed at another person With your eyes wide open and hit them So that's really what I go by. I really want to look at someone, run full speed at them as soon as I get the opportunity and sprint at them full speed and then make the hit. Western was the only team to study me (laughs) after I had a big game on them. And they just kept jumping all game, all game. (laughs) If you ask any of them, they're ready for it. (laughs) Uh, Like usually I, I like to hit high. But I like if it's an, a defenseless person, it's less likely of it being a flag if it, you hit them low. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 was, I was studying them a lot, and I got myself in a lot of those positions. and uh, A lot of the guys were jumping and falling right after. But other than that, you can ask the Guelph guys as well, because I only got to play uh, two three games and every team. You can ask every team.
1: They know where number two is.
2: Well, I mean, being being ranked number two for only playing you know part of a season, I think that's pretty good. That says a lot. If you if you only played you know half of it and you got all the way up there number two, I mean, you definitely left some impressions on some kids.
0: Oh, it's definitely a privilege, man. Seriously, I never take anything for granted. Being like looked at because I used to be overlooked, and like truthfully, I like not nah, I like being overlooked, but being overlooked is what got me in this position to begin with. Um, you know, I was I was like five two in 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 uh, ninth grade, man like five, four in 10th grade, five, like six, seven, and like 11th, and then like six foot and 12th and I had a great season. Went against a lot of great D1 guys in high school at an 8A school in Florida. And, you know, I ended up getting a preferred walk-ons from D1s and D1 AA, like partial scholarships and a lot of D2 full ride scholarships. So I chose the school, like, you know, it's a long story. I took the school route, chose academics and went to like the number one nursing school in, in Arkansas like most of America too. And, um, and I'm like almost full ride scholarship. And then uh, they end up switching my major. That's my main reason for leaving. It changed me. like because I was so good at football. They were like, nah, everyone that, that took nursing failed. So you can't take nursing.
1: Was that, that's Henderson State?
0: That's Henderson State University.
1: Just put them on blast, Zach. Just put them- <laughs> yeah we'll go after them we got you You heard Dakota we're we're over a thousand people now on on Instagram so we can go after him um what well, you know talking about just the the physicality of the game and of course you know it, it's right up there with film study all these other things we've talked about that make great football players so this will be my last question I'll, I'll hand it off to Dakota um we, we did a when we did our interviews with uh with some York players, one of the guys we spoke with was their kicker, Dante Mastro-Giuseppe, who prides himself and proclaims himself as the, I forget ex- his exact wording, but as the most physically fit kicker, the best ath- kicker athlete in Canada. Now, I don't know all the kickers in Canada, but I would say if if there's at least one guy who can perhaps make a case against it's 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 l kicker vincent pluth your your man you want to say a few words about uh about uh ploof and, and the type of beast he is ploof
0: swole man he's the guy push <laughs> 220 like the guy deadlifts like the guy actually works out with us you know there's like one thing i like there's a couple differences in canada from ncaa and the, i'd say the main difference is the strength conditioning coaches not the players not humans you know what i'm saying the strength and conditioning coach script conditioning coach will really make a man at you in America. Like, he really will bully you. And if you can't push this weight, he will be like, you're not (laughs) on the scene. So it's like, Ploof takes it serious. I'd say there's always been like 10 guys per year on my team specifically that really takes lifting serious. And I've always been one of those guys. And Ploof was one of those 10 guys is what I'm telling you. (laughs) He likes to lift. So unless this other dude is 225, chiseled I don't see it
1: (laughs) well I mean hopefully when this COVID thing's done I want to do I want to do a kicker only combine I want to put them through the ringer let's get them deadlifting let's get them benching let's get them doing 40s let's do everything
0: I mean I feel like the kickers should be in
1: the combine I don't know if they're not but I feel like they should be yeah but I want I want just kickers I want I want no one else (laughs) I want just kickers (laughs) They
0: they can kick in Canada I tell everyone that too those punts are definitely different. So I think it'd be entertaining.
2: Um, so I actually, I just have two, two more things. Um, one will be just a quick question. So I'll ask it now. Um, I don't know if you heard the news uh, on the Guelph d Lime and Tavius Robinson uh, just decommitted sort of in a way and then, you know, committed to, to Old Miss, um, which sparked my new Twitter beef sack. I don't know if you saw that. Um, and we always ask, you know, people that come on the show, what the OUA can do better, um, just in general, the production value, schedule. Um, but just since we're kind of seeing not players, but a, a, a sort of a big name in the league, go and head down south. What do you think the OUA or even U Sports in general can do better to bring in that you know international talent? Aside just from the the new CFL agreement.
1: Um
0: first of all congrats to the kid you know Tavius Robson. I don't know him like that but you know hey I've told him since I seen him I was like yeah yeah, y'all seen the league kid (laughs) Uh, he's a big guy pretty good too Um, probably the best D lineman in the OUA in my opinion you know what I'm saying it was obviously him and it was him and Kenny since I got there but um I'd say if there's anything the OUA needs to do is, you know, show everyone the cool jerseys, show everyone, like, there's, like, I fell in love with, like, being quick, man. i seen the highlight tapes down. People need to make, like, I would love to be a part of that, too, one day, because I take school really serious, and I'm not, you know, I want to be in the CFL for a good five to maybe ten years, who knows, but I'm really aiming for, like, five to seven, you know, for, like, retire at 30, 32. But I'd love to be a part of, like, bringing the OUA up and, like, marketing marketing them better. I feel like – not saying they're doing a bad job, you know what I'm saying? I feel like – but, like you're saying, they could do – it could be done way, way better. And I feel like the only thing to be done is to show it off more. People don't even know there's Canadian college football until I told them, you know what I'm saying? That's from my experiences. So I feel like we need to get it out there. Like, we need to find out, like – the coolest thing meaning the highlight tapes the there's 40,000 people at these schools it's awesome man you know it's a dream come true for a kid like me going to a big school like this and it, it feels I tell everyone it's D1 <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's official man like people don't know about this but if they did they'd love it i'd love it and i'd be glad to promote it anytime i can man seriously like it's changing my life, but I, I actually enjoyed every year of my college like experience at Canada. I enjoyed every moment of it, too. I didn't enjoy my time at Henderson State, to be completely honest, no offense to them, but I didn't enjoy it, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a number. I don't feel like that. I feel like I have a personal life at Carlton. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very social. Like, I don't know. They can do a lot, and I'd be willing to help when it's my time. But
2: all right well when you retire in you know seven to ten years and this podcast is an official corporation we'll just bring you on you can you can help with us
0: man i'm, I'm real big in the sports business uh, i i'm working i'm part of my sports business the sports business club at my school i'm like i'm applying for it and they're like hey we love your mindset we really love to have you you know so i'm actually serious about that and i'm like I did. I forgot to touch on earlier too how I found out about Carlton. Like I, I really got kind of distracted, um, but I found out about Carlton while I was at Henderson State. Like first of all, I have a cousin named Isaac Charles who played at Western in like '05, maybe '08, somewhere around there. And he kind of talked about it, but you know he's way older than me. I didn't really get to talk to him. But pretty much, I found out about it because I was leaving Henderson State because it was years. So but I'm not taking academic serious and I was like yo our, we haven't been taking academic serious but I've, I've succeeded at academically as, I, as promised and now I'm asking you, like use their job for me after this or are you going to help me go pro and they just weren't really like they didn't care about me to be honest and they were just like I was like I'm leaving like this is hard to transfer from the NCAA first of all so they held my release and I called the NCAA got my release you know and then I found out from a teammate, Dantre Wright, who was a Canadian who was drafted by Montreal Letts back in, like, you know, I forgot what year, 2017. And uh, pretty much, he influenced me. He told me about Canada. He watched, he showed me you how, like, YouTube videos, highlights, and stuff and i was like oh yeah and he showed me all the different teams like uniforms and told me about what cities were and how Ottawa was the capital kind of influenced me about carlton in the panda game he was like you can speak french you'd go to montreal but since you speak creole you might ask them and that didn't work out but i and i'm second team i had up like i hit up all the teams but carlton was like the team i was waiting to contact me when they did i was really excited and the way they talked to me was even better you know but um Pretty much, um, what was it? Oh, i wanted to tell you something but, like not big time, but pretty much, Dontre influenced me to do it, and it, it was a great decision. I, I, if I remember what I was going to say, I'll, I'll get back to that. Though.
2: <laughs> um. So, I mean, first of all, I'm happy you're up in Canada, and I'm happy you know, Crossing treats you like a like a person and not a number, because I know. You know, it's not exclusive to America. There are a lot of Canadian programs too that, you know, will just treat you kind of like you're in, oh, you're hurt, you're out, sort of thing. So it's good to hear there are, you know, programs in schools that actually give a fuck. I'm sorry, that's the first swear word we've done in a while. Um, but my, my last question, and just because we sort of had a content block out, blackout for, for a while. Zach, when was our last episode? Like a month and a half ago, two months ago? Maybe, Maybe even that's longer. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the main reason for that was obviously the, the recent events, um, in the States with George Floyd and just kind of everything after that. Um, it started off, we didn't, you know, we didn't want to be self-promoting and then we just didn't know what to do. Zach and I were kind of figuring out ways, you know, to have people come on and, and just speak about things. Um, and I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you to speak about it a lot, but just kind of obviously in Canada, you know, uh, I was part of the, some of the Toronto marches, um. And it seemed very, you know, everything is peaceful, everything is great. But then the media shows the states is just kind of a hellhole of just chaos. Um, and especially you're in such a southern state, kind of if you want to. If you don't, it's okay. But just talk about kind of what the last, I guess, five, six weeks have been like down there.
0: I mean, it's been tension, man. Like, it's been a little weird, you know, sometimes. But I have a like, you know, because I have a lot of, like, I have a lot of white friends, to be honest, you know, so it's been a little, like, weird for some of my friends, you know, like, not like that, but, like, weird isn't, like, hey, man, like, is there anything I can do? Like, I'm like, no, it's not the type of thing, like, you know, me, my only, like, what I'm saying for more shows, like, unity and equality, and I feel like everyone that's a person stands for that, and, you know, it's just about speaking about it, but uh, I feel like with it comes a lot of people that un- aren't comfortable with these type of conversations. Like, for people, I feel like athletes it's the easiest because we're in locker rooms you know what I'm saying and stuff like that so you know, the principles of football really apply to the principles of life and you learn life through football so it's easy for us but people that are uncomfortable with these type of things it's been a little weird for them and you know there's been people like um, you know just weird interactions and people telling me like you know, my friend he works and at work people are telling them like yeah and I'm scared like some dudes just try to jump me up the road You know, like in this on both sides, you know, like why'd you come up to him? Like some dude, I didn't do anything wrong. Some dudes trying to jump because I'm white or I'm I'm black, black dude and some dude dude's trying to, white dude's trying to jump them for no reason. Like it's just been a lot of weird interactions. And I understand why you're doing the content blackout, you know, just trying to preach equality and peace and positivity, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I respect that too, but I feel like more so as long as y'all preaching, you know, equality, love, unity, peace. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? You're doing your part too,
2: you know. And and coming from North Florida is a stand your ground state, right? Yeah. So I mean that I I would just kinda of be scared just to be there in general. Um, but that's it. That's just me being a soft Canadian, but <laughs>
0: it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit like if you if you don't I don't know, you know what I'm saying? I don't feel like I feel like with the wrong motive, I'm glad like, you know, things were looting and stuff, and people had their reasons, but I'm glad that's over so people can stop saying, like, uh, the motives of it's not peaceful. It has been peaceful, and it's been peaceful for consecutive days now. And people just want change. I don't, truthfully, I don't know if we'll get change with our current president. You know, he's out in November, so I see change down the line, and I respect what everyone's doing, and I hope for change as well, but, you know, I don't know if it's gonna come right now. <laughs> that's why I'm so- <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just opening that border
2: open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. come. I mean, I can't say, you know, Canada is, is perfect by any means, but get, get back over here. I, I just, I found it kind of weird and I won't, you know, I won't dive into my personal annoyances with some people in the football community. Um, but like you were saying, just the locker room mentality, but also how many coaches and, and maybe, maybe it's just me, but how many coaches have said like, you know, you don't get anything done in your comfort zone. You know nothing. You don't. There's no progress in your comfort zone. And then, it's it's the same thing right now. There's all these. I'm not generalizing, but all these white people that are feel very uncomfortable. You know, speaking out against. You know, maybe their racist ass grandpa, or someone says something and mutters it under their breath, and they're they're uncomfortable saying anything. And that's kind of what I saw as kind of the issue. Is it like it's the same as football, man. Like I'm not going to get better at football if I don't step out of my comfort zone, and things aren't going to get better for people if they're not stepping out of their comfort zone either.
0: Yeah. I agree. I mean, uh, Canada is not perfect, but it's, it's not saying, I don't even want to shine light, at, at light on that it's better than here, but I want to get over there for, you know, be with my girl and for the sake like for my own safety, because, you know, I am out here, you know, anything didn't happen. But um, I was racially profiled like at the border, the way this all started, like pretty much I wasn't issued a three to four year visa because dude looked at me like a like a, you know, black dude from Florida trying to You Know what I'm saying? Like, didn't really like you know, he ended up admitting to it too and like lost his job. (laughs) But
2: (laughs) won't get into that, but wow.
0: But like, you know, the world's not perfect, but I feel like there's more people that want unity and equality than there's people that want to spread hate in a way, like you know, especially with social media. At least that's how we can try to do it. So, together, together, we can do this shit, man. (laughs) Seriously, I like that.
2: and I'll I'll try to end this on a little bit of a lighter note, unless Zach has something else. Um, just thinking realistically about you know coronavirus and the borders opening up, we're probably looking at a midwinter border open up. Are you still gonna come right back up, even if it's January, February? Are you gonna chill out for a little bit?
0: Still come right back. I'm gonna be hurt the whole time because I really <laughs> haven't seen for almost three hundred days, man. I haven't seen my girlfriend, so I'm I'm hurt. <laughs> but I mean, I I've I've been through adversity, man, I, I kept my mind on this the whole time. So as soon as it opened I'm up there, man. I heard with a student visa you might get up there, but then again, it's online classes, so students won't be able to come. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but I, like I told you, man, I made up my mind, I'm not leaving.
2: <laughs> you know. Hey, more more power to you. I just feel bad if you're if you're coming back to Ottawa when it's <laughs> negative forty five. And you know when the river the canal's frozen over completely.
0: That's why I keep telling you, man, that six months of winter, it's running all the, everyone's like, all the Americans going to come. Nah, that six months of winter runs everyone off, man, don't you worry.
2: Just work. tell them, tell them to, like, as much as I like OUA, tell them to go to like UBC. Like, Vancouver has very nice weather. They have winter for what, Just Bring an umbrella, maybe? Bring an yeah, umbrella, that's, that's all you need.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it'd probably be really easy to get the west side going with it quick i mean i'm not a west coast guy so i don't know too many people there but if they found out about it i am one thousand sure they'll start going to ubc in calgary those are big programs man like those d1 type programs i keep telling everyone like no one can say those aren't d1 type programs the jerseys the like the the rivalry game they play in the bowl game it just looks official like you know and then shout out the phil pop brothers that up there balling, making it look official, man, the gear, everything. Like, every time I pitch it, I always pitch Carlton, then I pitch Calgary quick. And then I'm like, UBC's, like, in probably the best part of Canada I've heard, you know. Uh, so, yeah. It's like – and back to what I was saying earlier, because I remember um, really what it was. <laughs> it was uh, – the Carlton had six people going into the draft that year, man. Tunde and all those guys. And then I end up contacting those guys and they hit me right back, bro. Like Tunde's like a really good friend of mine. And Howell and Dearborn, all those guys, like they they really took me in, man. So I'm always thankful.
2: So just a fun fun Tunde story. I was actually at rookie camp in Calgary with him, but I was there as a as a guest coach. And that's that's my claim to fame, is that you know his his start of his career I was also, you know, I was there at rookie camp with him.
0: He's probably one of the biggest influences to me coming to Carlton. I wanted to be Tunde.
1: He's He's a baller. He's a baller. (laughs) To this day. Well, John, man, I mean, we really appreciate you coming on, talking with us. Uh, We really appreciate you spreading the good word of Canadian football across the border. Uh, And thank you so much, of course, for just sharing uh, some of your stories. And, you know, even if it's minus 30... And just blizzarding in Ottawa, we can't wait to have you back in Canada, man. Um, so you know all the best for you and your family uh, throughout the rest of this quarantine uh, down there in Florida, man. And uh, you know let's be in touch soon because uh, you know I, I know we were both excited and excited hearing you talk about wanting to promote this game too because that's what we're all about. So uh, thank you again so much for coming on, man.
0: Hey, thank you, thank you for having me on here, guys. Like I really appreciate y'all even letting me let my voice be heard and spreading. Peace and positivity, man. I hope the best for you guys. And I hope I get you guys some more followers.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it, man.